the tribe, which is the group in LA that does tons of amazing work for charity. Uh, it's a group of musicians and activists and writers and, you know, mostly musicians who come together to perform, um, usually cover band concerts, like the ultimate, ultimate cover band. It's usually, that's usually the vibe of the concerts. Um, just the, the resume of the collective group is like too long to even ever begin discussing. So it's, it's like altruistic musicians who do really good work in LA, usually, uh, supporting, you know, organizations that help the homeless and things like that. So I got hooked up with them through Freebo who is my good friend, musical cohort. Um, Freebo played bass with Bonnie Raitt for a long time in the 70s and has played with many, many other wonderful artists. And um, he produced my most recent record, which came out last year. So he and I began working together. And when I moved out to L.A. last year, he connected me with all of you, with the tribe. So Oh, nice. nice. That's the story. And I want to play with him sometimes. Maybe I can play with him and back you up as well. Yeah, I mean, you drummers, drummers and bass players have like a cosmic mental connection. There's this connection that nobody can understand, you know. And there's an even greater connection with drummer to drummer. Yeah. Like like at NAMM, just being around them, it's kind of like, forget everybody else because we're drummers. So we're talking. Hey, take us to the beginning real quick. How How did you start playing guitar? Did you start on guitar? How did you get into folk music? Yeah, so it's a good question. Um, You know, I was singing from a really young age. So from when I was like three years old, I was singing. It was just a part of who I was from the beginning. I know it sounds cliche, but I honestly can't remember not singing. (laughs) Um, You know, there are tapes of me as a little girl you know, performing for my parents, etc. And I picked up the guitar when I was 12 years old. I, I knew that I wanted to accompany my voice. I mean, I'd say my voice was my first instrument and I was writing lyrics and interested in, in lyrics and lyric writing. So the guitar felt like a natural fit. And, you know, as far as folk music is concerned, I was really lucky to be raised by parents who had what I consider to be great taste in music. And um, they are, you know, product of the 60s. And and they introduced me to, you know, not only artists like Joan Baez and, you know, the the songwriters that I love that all happen to come from Southern California, it seems, like Joni and Jackson, Bonnie Raitt. And then also I love the blues. I love Taj Mahal. I love Muddy Waters. I love, you know, kind of a mixture of roots, music, Americana, whatever you want to call it, I feel like. You know, folk is interesting because it encompasses a lot of styles. It's, you know, when I go to this conference, it's called Folk Alliance International, which is actually where I met Freebo. That's an umbrella that that brings in people from, it's it's global, it's it's roots music from all over the world. And I think it's, um, you know, it really is music of the people, as you said to me. It's And I love that, that it, it really does encompass so much and like, it doesn't have the same boundaries that some genres I think have, which mm-hmm. is appealing to me. And you can, you know, do what I do and stick the word modern at the beginning of it. And then it means something else. And I don't know. I like that flexibility. Yeah, no, it's yeah. very, very cool. And for a time in which we live, mm-hmm. yeah, folk music, it's the common person music. It's the Americana. I think it speaks volumes at this time. Yeah, it's, I think it's music that has something to say, and I think it's very often speaks for the oppressed, and it's not, you know, manufactured um, in the same way that 
many styles of pop music are, what you hear on the radio is just not always really saying something. So I, I love that about it too. And there's, um, I think there's going to be a lot of really amazing writing that comes out of this time. It's a lot to process. I think I'm just starting to scratch the surface as far as like being a songwriter that speaks to social justice issues. I think I've been like many of us, many white folks, like a little shy because I don't know what to say. I don't want to say it the wrong way, you know, mm -hmm. but I think it's really important to do that work and kind of figure out in my voice, how would I say what I believe? How do I make a stand as an anti-racist? How do I do that in my style, you know, as a singer and songwriter and, and kind of share my voice and like my perspective in a way that's going to make it clear where I stand. So I think that's an interesting challenge that faces. Now, question, I mean, I'm going to, hopefully I'm not going too far here, but we're friends on social. And, you know, I saw that you were at uh, a protest in L.A. Yeah. Last weekend sometime. Why was that important for you to be at? Hmm. Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that. Um, you know, what you read, I spent a lot of time composing that. And, um, you know, it was really my statement about, having been at the protest that started in Pan Pacific Park on Saturday. And it was my assessment of just having been a part of that crowd and the march that began down Third Street and just experiencing what I felt was a really intense energy, but a really focused energy and not a violent, chaotic energy in mm. any way whatsoever. And then um, I eventually, I left just as I felt, you know, kind of, unsettled by the closeness of people, to be honest. Um, you know, although everybody was wearing masks, I just was feeling a little worried about the health factor. So I, I sort of slowly like made my way back to the car. And, um, you know, when I heard on the radio that it had gotten violent, I was just really stunned. And I sort of realized something firsthand that I had never fully gotten before, which is that the violence and like the, the rioting and the looting that sort of takes over the narrative is not the purpose of the work that the people out there on the street are doing. Yes. Yeah. And it really, it takes over the narrative and it twists the narrative. And then you kind of have to ask the question, like, who are we to say that, you know, I just, I wrote about the word violence and how I think that to use the word violence and be like, look at the violent protesters when really what they are protesting is violence done to black people. Mm. It's like a very sick twisting of it. And it's making it look like the destruction of property is more important than the destruction of human life. So it's just been an interesting few days for me, like for many, I think for many white people who want to be better allies, it's been an interesting time of really being like, how do I do that better? And I don't have all the answers at all. And I feel like I'm just starting to educate myself and like really wanting to commit to doing a better job. So that post, I guess, was like my effort to put that into some words. Yeah, no, I appreciated it. You know, it got me thinking too. And I, I have been wrestling with the idea of going to one of the protests and interviewing people. So I mm. listen, listen to what they're saying, yeah. primarily younger people. I mean, you talk is for our demographic as young adults. So going up to some young adults and not, not interrogating, nothing like that. It's just talk to me. Yeah, I think it's so important to listen right now, just, just to listen to people of color and listen to what we can do to support them in it and, and stand by them and support them in this fight. Because, you know, it's, I think it's important to know when you don't know what to say and to like admit that sometimes. Yeah. 
and I'm having a hard time figuring out what to say, but I'm trying to figure that out. I think that process is really important. And, you know, I think that's a really, really interesting idea to kind of compile the feelings of people on the ground. I think, I think this is a really, really crucial moment in our history. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm glad to be alive for it. And I'm, I hope I can do my part. And I appreciate that. I appreciate your heart. And it's, you know, it is a learning experience for those yeah. that are not black. And it's interesting. I, I was confronted by somebody who said, you know, you call yourself colorblind, shame on you. But it wasn't a negative thing for me. It was, it's like my friend Gerald we're going to have on this. I never thought of him as black Gerald. Mm-hmm. Gerald. But um, I heard a new term used and it's color blessed. And I like that. You know, I'm color blessed because I have, I mean, I consider Gerald to be part of my family. And, right. and Teresa, who's not with us tonight, is, is Chinese American. So it's, um, if we can learn to appreciate one another, where, where does music fit in with the COVID and the, the national unrest that we're dealing with? I mean, mm. you have powerful tool. I mean, with my drums, I can support somebody like you. I don't write lyrics. I'm not a singer. I play a lot of different styles of music. But for somebody like you who has this powerful tool to communicate, how does this fit in? How can this be used in what's going on? That's kind of a broad question, I know. but That was a big one. Yeah, I mean, listening, like I said, reading what you put on social, I thought, man, there's there's a lot of depth there. You're, you're, you've been chewing on this. You've Thank been- you. Yeah. Wrestling with it, and, and I appreciated that. Thank you. I just think, you know, I've heard the word colorblind thrown around. I guess I just, just real quick on that. I just struggle with that term because it, as if to say that, like, I don't see the injustice almost, and I know that's not what you're saying at all, but it, it makes it sound really, like, sweet, you know, and so yeah. I don't see the differences, and, like, and I feel that, like, I, you know, that's a beautiful sentiment, but I think there's also there's a lot more there that I guess I just don't think it's enough to say that you don't see the differences. Cause I think there's real change that has to happen that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I know you're not saying that. I just, I guess I'm trying to figure out where I fit into it. And as a musician, definitely think I have a unique tool. I think artists and musicians are uniquely aware of how we all kind of stand on the shoulders of those that came before us. Like everything that I do is a conglomeration of like all the music that I grew up listening to. And that's black artists and white artists and all of like the mixture that is American music. And kind of that makes me who I am. So I think we have like uh, a really beautiful universal way of maybe sharing something healing or maybe something that reveals some truth. Um, yeah, I think I, I absolutely feel blessed to have the tool of, of music and like the, the gift of music to be able to share myself and my story and hopefully it resonates with others. So, Yeah, no, I think it's amazing. And, it, and it's awesome that you want to use that tool. I mean, it's like us with this platform. We have yeah. this platform, you know, not just on Instagram Live, but I mean, we've got with our radio show, I think listeners in 109 countries. And, and I want to use this to influence in a positive way. Yeah. It's no, like, I think it's great what you guys are putting out there with the just the hashtag and, like, the challenge of being kind. And, you know, I think that's really, really great. It's really sweet. Well, thank you. 
Yeah. It's funny. You guys are asking me really deep questions. It's, it's like, I don't feel like at all qualified to answer them. <laughs> just just like full disclosure. I like, am, it's so nerve wracking to like try to answer questions like that. I guess I'm just trying my best to speak from the heart. That's all I can do, I guess. Well, yeah. you know, we sense that when, when we had a chance to meet you briefly. And like I told you in an email, I think this is organic. You know, I mean, frankly, it's it's nice to be able to ask the deep questions and then expect you to answer them. So it gets me off the hook. So. It's just funny. It's it's like, you know, it's it's kind of interesting, this the circumstances like typically an interview like this would be like, so Alice, like tell us about your new album, but it's like a good sign, I guess that everybody's so aware that it doesn't even feel right to have that conversation without addressing the matters at hand, you know, because it would be like, why it would be, it would seem like there was an elephant in the room and it's just interesting. Well, and with your, your new album, first of all, how can people get a hold of that? How can they stay in touch with you, find out more what you're doing, uh, interviews like this, whatever? Yeah, I can be found easily online. <laughs> it's alicehow.com, which is Alice like in Wonderland and how with an E. <laughs> and, um, you can find my record on Spotify, Apple Music. The album's called Visions, and um, I'd love if folks would follow me on Instagram at alicehowmusic. So. It's anywhere you might look for streaming. If you're a CD or vinyl person, you can order that through my website, too. Nice. So what's the overlying theme, if, if there is one, to your album? You know, honestly, the theme is just what I wanted to do. <laughs> there's like no, there's no, um, it's not like a concept that guided all of the song choices. It was more just like an introduction to me as a singer and songwriter. Uh, yeah. That's really how I think of it. No, it's a great album. Yeah. It, it Thank really, you. But we had asked you to do a song. Which yeah, is, I'm, I'm really ready. Or two, which is very cool. And this is a loaded question. This is a huge question. Uh-oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Too many huge questions. I'm dying of I'm sorry. Next okay. time I contact you, you're going to go, uh, sorry, I'm busy. Uh, you know. <laughs> Next time, just ask me, like, what's your favorite color? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's good. It's good for me. It's like, it's so important to have these conversations. I just think we don't know what to say always. And that's, that's important to be like, so yeah. So Thank you. Okay. <laughs> we know something needs to change. A lot of things need to change. Okay, but we've got to break that down. I mean, there, there's a ridiculous idiot that, that was once said, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Right. So how do we take this down? What is one thing that we could all do? Everybody in our audience, we, mm -hmm. we could start doing right away. We can't change the justice system. You know, it, that has to be done by the process, and we know all of that. But what's one thing we do you think we could do? And I'm sure there's many things, obviously, um, that we could do. But one thing that comes to your mind that we could all start doing now that could make a difference. Yeah, I mean, a couple things come to mind. Like, I've been trying to read up about this lately, like what this exact question. And I think number one is figuring out a way to make it really clear where you stand to your family, your friends, the people that follow you, maybe. I think that is a really important act um, to just state, you know, I am I am an anti-racist. I am like committed to doing better, you know, and I think also 
educating ourselves is really important, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's going to mean reading and watching and listening and following different people. And that's been my work the last couple days because I feel like really ignorant in some ways and really you know, you, you feel what you feel and you know what you know, but like you, you kind of have to get outside your little orbit to start to really take in like maybe a bigger perspective, a different perspective. So that's going to be my effort. I'm going to be reading and, you know, and listening. Thank you. No, I appreciate that because I, I, I'm tired of hearing about problems all the time. I want solutions. Yeah. I think we all just, we all need to, to educate ourselves. And I think there's a lot of ways we can all we can be involved, you know, so. Absolutely. Well, hey, time for a song. Yeah. Okay. Totally not related to the conversation that we've been having, but is uh, from my newest record. And, um, you know, maybe offers a moment of peace. It's called Still On My Mind. the water mist is rising on the mountainside leaves are blooming in the ash tree robins are looking for something sweet I sat down by the 
stay in touch with you get a hold of your album <laughs> yeah folks can find me at my website it's alicehow.com i've got my record as and my ep um, from from 2017 you've been away so long as well as my new album visions are both on spotify and apple music and anywhere else that you stream music and love if you'd follow me on instagram it's alice how music that's the story thank you for taking time thank you guys thanks for asking oh. questions. i appreciate it Oh, great to have you. Take care of yourself. Okay, you too. Bye. This is Utalk Radio.